Don't let anything preoccupy your mind because when you die and when I die, we're either going to end up for eternity. Nobody in this room can imagine what that term means. You have nothing, absolutely nothing to compare it to. You're going to end up either in heaven, which I will talk about next week, or you're going to find yourself in hell. The worst thing you could do right this minute is dismiss this, what I just said. Don't tell me what you used to do or how long you've been in church. That doesn't matter to me, and it certainly doesn't matter to God. In the Bible, in some form or usage, the word hell is mentioned 54 times. Many people are in hell right now that denied it ever existed. I don't believe in hell. We heard on the way of the master one time when a guy was being interviewed, he said, I don't believe in an afterlife. I just, I believe when you die, game over, that's it. Nothing. No heaven, no hell, anything. Then there will be other people in hell while they were on the earth. They never believed that, that they would end up in hell, but they are in hell, in hell right now. And unfortunately, I've kind of made a little slight reference to this, but not really explaining it. Because scores of parents today are not willing to live for Jesus with their families. Right now, uh, they will have to suffer through tribulation, especially the children that's of the age of accountability. And we believe that somewhere around you know, right before puberty and 10, 11, 12 years old. 30, we, we don't know the exact age. Um, and I'll just give you something you might use as a measuring tool. And you might say, well, they're that way at three or four. Well, there you go. When they can outsmart you and play you like a fiddle, they're probably pretty accountable in my book. We don't know, but there's a lot of, a lot of parents on this earth, possibly, hope not, but in the church, this church, in church somewhere anyway, they never believed for one minute that they would have to ever worry about tribulation. And now they find themselves, because they would not adamantly live for Jesus with their family consistently while on the earth, now they have to suffer through tribulation, and probably be martyred and die with their children or watch their children be killed first in order to not go to hell. That's a true statement. People go to hell simply because they didn't believe in Jesus and they rejected God's love through salvation on the cross. You might be saying, well... Uh, that's not me. I believe in Jesus. Say you do? Well, maybe not. <clears throat> you might have been or you might be a person. I want you to listen to this part closely. That you have over the years confused. You've confused with being acquainted with Jesus as actually believing in Jesus. And let me stop for a minute. Let me explain being acquainted with Jesus. I mean in, in, in the form that you went to an altar, you said the sinner's prayer, you memorized scripture, possibly participated in church activities, served some way, shape, or form, maybe even gave consistently biblically. You're acquainted with him. You were acquainted with the system. You, would were, you, were, you, were, you were acquainted with the way things uh, are carried out. You were acquainted. Now let me go somewhere with this right quick. 
you were acquainted with Jesus. Now, I believe that it's impossible, and this is how you might be able to start kind of figuring where you are in this whole situation. I think it's impossible to believe in Jesus and not believe in what he said in his word. And I equally believe that you cannot believe in his word and not obey his word all the time. There you go. And I'm going to tell you, this is one of them big pills that I take every day that is hard to swallow. This is the spiritual application to that big pill right now. There is absolutely no way you can say before God that, well, I believe in you, Lord, and I believe in your Bible. I believe in what you said. When you know for a fact sitting in this church or online, you know for a fact you, you, you are harboring bitterness. You know for a fact that if there is some kind of event going on in your life or your child's life, that you will divert and go that way even though his word that you say you believe in because you say you believe in him, you, you can't separate Jesus from the word because he said, I am the word. The word was made flesh and it dwelled among us. You cannot believe in Jesus and not believe in his word. They're inseparable because he is the word. So you cannot believe in him and believe in his word and not obey his word. Because if you don't obey what he said in his word, then there's no way you really believe him 100%. You can't. You don't. And you should recognize that in this sanctuary today because I'm preaching to you about hell. Hell is real and hell is not a card you can play with God like people do coronavirus. You can't do it. You can't do that. See, you can't pick and choose when you want to obey and what you want to obey in God's Word. One of my favorite Bible stories that's so unfortunate but so relevant right now, and it always is, is the rich young ruler because I believe he was the perfect church picture of that day. I believe he was very acquainted with Jesus. Let me just use his own words. He said, well, Lord, you know, I do right by my parents. I do all that the law says to do. I keep it all. I've done it since my youth. I've always done it since I was able to do it. I've kept it all. And the Lord says, say you have. Say you have. See, we, we are that. We're always telling ourselves, because it, hey, listen, folks, because it makes us feel good, number one. Number two, it gives us permission to, to not be completely obedient to the word of God. Therefore, we don't really believe in God. And so Jesus said, so you, you really do? Uh, well, there is one, one thing. What's the deal with one thing? He said, well, go sell what you have. See, Jesus didn't beat around the bush. He went right to the problem. He said, go sell what you have and give it to the poor. Well, I know it's poor to some of you, maybe. But give to the poor and come and follow me. The Bible says that he dropped his head and he walked away because he thought in his religious acquainted mind with Jesus, well, it's okay to do everything but that. So I'm telling you, he wasn't saved. He's on his way to hell. And he probably is in hell unless he mended his way right now because he didn't believe in Jesus. He was just acquainted with what the law said. He was acquainted with the customs that his parents raised him in. He was acquainted with where to be in the synagogue and the temple on the day it said to be. He was acquainted 
but he didn't believe it because when you believe something, you do it. Yes, you do. And you know what? Something hit me hard this morning. I'm about to go to the A order right now. I cannot imagine how God feels. <clears throat> Here's where people just get upset. But for the past over the past year and a half, God has watched people who think they believe in Him, but they're really acquainted with Him, do every single thing they have been told concerning a narrative that has been tested and tried many times over, and it's been found nothing to be more than just a very expensive attempt at propaganda, and they have, people have, possibly, many in this church have, a mentality. They said it. I believe it, and that settles it. Not question it. Change it every day. It's the world, and the people of the world, the people that's being operated by the world that is giving us instructions how to completely change every facet of our life, and we have lived by it to a T, and... We do that and we have done that and people will still continue to do everything because my flesh is involved. I'm worried that my flesh will be sick. I'm going to be misquoted and taken so out of context today, but I'm not going to defend myself. I'm not going to try to give you, uh, explain what I mean. I'm not doing that. God help me not to slip and do it because of pressure thinking somebody's going to misquote me. A carnal-minded man is going to do it, and you can't stop him, and that includes a woman and anybody else. So we have done these things because of what? Our fear and our flesh that's attached to our fear. We don't want to get sick, and we don't want to die. And I will say the only thing I will do that I said I wasn't going to do is say, I don't want to get sick, and I don't want to die because of a sickness like this. I don't. I don't. But I'm going to tell you folks something. You've only been given these instructions since about March of last year, and it doesn't matter what it is. You've done it all. I mean, you've done it all. And if you hear something today that the world is going to tell you, you're going to swear by it, you're going to live by it, you're going to do it because your flesh is attached to it. And what I was referring to earlier, imagine how God feels because you've been told for a lot longer than 17 months about things that concern and pertain to your soul and you haven't believed it enough to do it or you make exceptions and, and, and under certain circumstances and you bend the rules and you go from 100 back to 90 and you say, well, I believe in God and you're a lie from hell. You cannot believe in God and obey his word except when it touches your flesh or something you like or something you don't want to miss out on or your family or your children or your pocketbook, you can't say, I believe in you, God, except for when it comes to this. But you've done everything that the world has told you and it doesn't matter how foolish or ridiculous it is, you've done it and you haven't apologized for it. You haven't tried to hide it and you haven't been ashamed of it. I'm preaching to you about hell today. And I want to get in your head so God can get in your heart so you can mend your ways. I can mend my ways and I can get out of this 90% mentality of being acquainted with Jesus. I want the people in this church to taste and see, be baptized in the Holy Ghost and know that he's real and he's worth 100% of you. So, I would listen to things that pertain to my soul. 
I would. Your flesh is going to die one day anyway. Your flesh is going to rot. It's going to decay. It's going to die. You're not going to be here. I'm not trying to paint a pretty picture to here. Hey, death is beautiful in the eyes of the Lord, the Bible tells us. And so, I don't want to lose anybody. I don't want people to get sick. We're not going to, like, start pushing the chairs together and making people uh, unsafe. We're going to do our part because can't deny what's here. But let me tell you something. More than I can't deny that, I can't deny what the Bible says. But people have been denying it, friend, and it's time to quit denying God or you need to wait. And I hate to say this like this. There's no other way. But you're probably going to end up in hell because you can't almost believe in Jesus Christ. You can't be 100% acquainted with Jesus Christ. You see, this stuff matters to me. I believe in what's going on. I know what it's going to look like possibly between now and December 31st. I know that the road is about to get very rocky. And at any time, I don't know how many or who I'm going to lose. And the best thing I can tell you right this minute is to make sure you are not going to hell because you don't want to cross your fingers, hold your breath, or think a mask will keep you out of hell. There's only one thing that will keep you out of hell, and that is believing that Jesus Christ and everything he said is the way I ought to live and operate my house, my family, my thought life, every breath I take, every step I make. Lord, I give my life to you. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Have your way in me. If you are not there yet, you will probably bound for hell. Uh, listen, and you don't have to clap today, but I want to tell you this. This is a serious thing because this mess is reeking everywhere on purpose. I don't care what you believe. People can't be right every single time on things a year ago. And you know why? I am so glad God let me preach a lot of stuff to this church last year during the month of August and then during the month of November, another sermon, and then about a month or two ago when it was on deceit. I'm glad all that happened way back then. And it was taken from stuff that happened and information way before that. So see, I'm trying to tell everybody that's still kind of with me here today, I want you to know this, that you don't have to leave this church in an, acquaint in an acquainted relationship. That's not a relationship. I'm acquainted with a lot of people that go to other churches. But you know what? I know you, though, because you're sheep at my church, at our church. I know you. I'm acquainted with a lot of people's children or their spouse, but I know my child and I know my spouse. You see, folks, I, I need for you to know this. There's a huge difference. There is a way that seems right unto man. That's being acquainted taught. There's a way that seems right, but what did the Scriptures tell us? But the end is destruction. I don't want people that I am responsible for in the eyes of God and will give an account for what I preach and how I deliver to you the Word of God. I don't want you to be misled or misinformation be continued to be given to you and you end up in a hell that was not designed for you and you don't have to go to. And I don't want you to think that because you've been a part of this church for 20 years or you've been saved for 40 or 50 years that you're not going to hell. You might be on your way to hell like Marilyn Manson or anybody else because you were just acquainted, you see. Well, how will I know, Opie? I'll tell you how you'll know in just a few minutes, but I want you to understand something. The Bible tells us that when we please the Lord, our ways please the Lord, we make even our enemies to be at peace with us. 
Husbands have to love their wives enough to do what God says. Wives have to love your husbands enough to do what God says. Husbands and wives are parents or caregivers. You have to love your children enough to do everything God says in the way he said to do it and when he said to do it. Everything. Remember, you're not batting for 90% here. 90% is a a first-class ticket to hell. You can't do that. You've got to get that I'm okay out of your mind. First thing you need to understand, the Bible tells us in Psalm 116 and 3, that hell is a place of pain and sorrow. I'll read it to you. The sorrows of death, David said, compass me. And the pains of hell got hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. There is nothing waiting on you. It's not a keg party with rock music and joints and people drinking beer, listening to rock music, country music. That's where all the bad people are just hanging out at a big bar and it's real hot all the time. No, sir. It's full of pain and it's full of sorrow. Bible also says uh, in 2 Samuel 22, now listen to this, the sorrows of hell. Nothing good going on down there compassed me about and the snares of death prevented me. The second thing you need to understand that the Bible is very clear. You need to hear it, folks, about... Who hell is for? Psalms 9 and 17 says, the wicked. We don't like to classify ourselves like that, especially when we're real religious or we're super acquainted with all the lingo and the ways. The wicked shall be turned into hell and the nations that forgot God or forget God. I'm going to tell you about number three in a minute, but I want to go to number four. Hell is hungry and waiting for people that's bound and determined, knowingly or unknowingly, going to wind up in hell one day, even Lucifer. Nobody can avoid hell, folks. You know, the only people that can avoid hell, listen, before I read this to you, are the people that's going to heaven. They're the only one. Nobody else can avoid hell. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9, 14 rather, Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee. Even all the chief ones of the earth, it hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nation. If you read on down to verse 15, you'll read that point I was referring to even for Lucifer. Number five The unsaved, despite what you may believe or have heard down through the years, people just rest until they're judged and then the Lord throws them. He don't throw them. They insist on going to hell. But the Bible tells a different story here, folks. The unsaved, the unsaved, the acquainted only go directly to hell when they die. Revelation 20 and 13 says, And the sea gave up the dead, are you hearing me? Which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were then judged, every man, according to their works. Everybody still hear me okay in here today? Your phone's off. I hope you hadn't tuned this out. This might be the most critical decision you ever made. Number six, Jesus is the only one with the keys to hell. He said in Revelation 1, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Now, I want to go back to number three quickly. Because we know for sure, we absolutely do not want our family and our loved ones to go to hell. So I'm going to take you to a 
story in Luke of an actual person dying and going to hell. So, verse 19, Jesus is the one telling this story. Y'all still believe in him, right? So, I know, according to this book, you can't amen me and not believe what he said. You can't, because he is what he said. He said, now there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple, that was expensive, and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. I know many of you know this story, but there might be people that don't. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at this rich man's gate and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. That's the only relief he got in this life was from dogs. So it was that the beggar died, Jesus said, and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And this is a picture of a man. It's referencing Abraham's bosom. But this is a reference to heaven for all of you that may not be familiar with this. The rich man, the, the beggar died and was carried by the angels. That's important. He was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died. Listen to this. He wasn't carried by nobody. He was buried. And being in torments in Hades or hell. And notice the word torments. In fact, Derek, can we show him that definition real quick? I want you to see what the word torments means because I'm not talking about just a singular. Let, let me tell you this before we even read the uh, definition. I'm not talking about a singular form of torment. I, I'll give you an example. And, and we may not have the slide there, but so I'm going to tell you. Well, maybe, maybe we do. A singular form of torment if, if you've got, like Robbie helped me out this week when I was about to fall off a ladder, cause a bee got loose from a nest and stung me, all right, on the hand, coming down a ladder. Wasn't bad, praise God. And that kind of was tormenting me. That was a singular, one bee. But I'm telling all of you, there's a big old hive up there, and then there was another one. That would have been a lot of torments going on. That, that, that would have been bad. And the boot, if I'd have fell off the ladder and broke my neck, or bro you know, that would have been a lot going on. The, this definition says right here, number three, I'm going, because this is talking about things like an instrument tormenting you, but I, I want to go to what this scripture is referring to, number three. Torture. Say that word with me, torture. So we don't even like that. You know, I saw that video clip, that American or whoever flying in a noose in Afghanistan from a helicopter that belonged to us or, or whatever that, that story is. See, people are tortured now, and it's horrific. But there's no torture on this earth that will ever begin to compare. I can't even compare with the Holocaust, everything that's ever happened, all the, when they killed all the babies, when Jesus was born, all of that ripping them from the mother's womb. And, that there, is, there is no amount of torment that can begin to describe one second of your life in hell. There's just nothing here to compare it to because it is full of not one form of torture, but it is full of all kinds of torment. I'll tell you one before I even look at the screen again. One form of torment I believe with all of my heart is people since the beginning of time that were given privileged information from pulpits all over the world to hear the gospel message and the message to be saved, turned from this 
adulterous generation and give 100% of you and your family to Jesus and people still walk out of churches like this one, I think that take will be replayed and you will be tormented forever about all the times you said, no, not today. We'll do it later. We got to get this done first. I'll wait till everything's done and I'm through with this and I got, I kicked this habit. No, sir. No, ma'am. I believe along with all the physical pain and all the torture and all the agony, you will be reminded of all the times you said no. I believe you're going to be tortured with that. I believe acute pains is going to take a hold of your body. I believe the pains of a disease. I believe the way people are in hell screaming right now. You've heard all these Stories of people dying and going to hell for a minute and all that. Don't know if that's true or not. But I do know the Bible says it's the worst thing you could ever not imagine. The Bible tells us the half about heaven has not been told. And I'm telling you, at least half about hell has not been told neither. Because our minds cannot fathom a bottomless pit that never ends, full of screaming, full of torture, full of heat full of fire, and it's not the buddy system. It's not the spouse system. You'll not be there high-fiving the devil. You won't be there with none of your peeps or nobody else. You'll be there in misery, and you will regret the day that you walked out of this church and any other service, and you didn't come clean with God. You just settled for being acquainted with God. You will be tortured forever, and there'll never be an end to that, folks. And I'm telling you today, you don't don't want to make that mistake another Sunday because this might be the last Sunday. And this man was in hell. The Bible says in verse 23, and this is what Jesus said he did. He lifted up his eyes. He saw Abraham afar off. And he saw Lazarus of all people, the man he could have helped that just Got help from dogs licking his sores every day. He saw Lazarus. Oh, he didn't have sores now. Oh, he wasn't begging now. Oh, he wasn't hungry now. No, sir. He was in heaven. He was in glory. God had him right there. And then this man cried, verse 24, and said, Father Abraham, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, folks, he said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things. And likewise, Lazarus, he received evil things. But now, look at him now. If Johnny was still alive, I'd get him to say, how do you like me now? <laughs> he used to say that all the time. I'd get tickled. And this man said, hey, listen, he had his bad things. You had your good things. He said, but look at where you are now. He is being comforted. And look at the word Jesus used here in this story. He said, you're being tormented. And then verse 26 says, and besides all this, this is important, folks. Between us and you, there is a great gulf. There's a chasm there. There's, there's, there's no way. There's a great gulf fix that those who want to come from, from here to you, they can't go, meaning you can't go rescue your child. You wouldn't take the church or live right in front of it home. You can't go get them now. And he said and the same thing. Uh, those that are there, they can't come here. And then he said, verse 27, here we go. I'm about to land a plane here. He said this, he said, I beg you therefore, Father, please that you would send him to my father's house. For I've got five brothers. When he knew it was too late for him, now, now he wanted to make godly decisions. Now he wanted to take his family to church. Now he wanted to quit being acquainted. Now he wanted to be in a 100% relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, because I've got five brothers that... He may come and testify to them, lest they also come to this place for the third time of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and they have the prophets. I mean, the word of God is always gone forth. And this, what this man says, he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, 
They will repent. And then he said, nope, it don't work that way. And y'all listen, please. He said, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rises from the dead. And I am telling all of y'all that you don't need a miracle from God. You've got a miracle called His Word. You've got it all over your house. You've got it on your serious radio. You've got it on your phone. You've got it on an app on your phone. There is no shortage of the Word of God. What we have a shortage of is not of coins. We've got a, a, of the beautiful Word of God, of people believing what God said, enough to live by what God said and stand by what God said and even die by what God said if that's what it requires and you will not do that as long as you are satisfied with being acquainted but you need to understand you will give an account for every time you heard the word of God because just like Abraham told this man they have them to listen to if you don't acknowledge and listen to the word of God half as much as you listen to all the foolish nonsense over the past year and a half of your life then friend I'm telling you you will die and you will suffer in this place of torment and it's not going to be on this preacher's dime because I poured my heart out to you today and I've told you what you can do to get out of going to hell and all you got to do to go to hell is say, Jesus, today I'm drawing the line. I'm going to explain it to my wife. I'm going to explain it to my husband. I'm going to explain it to my children. I'm changing the way we do things on Wednesday. I'm changing my work schedule on Sunday. I'm doing whatever I have to do, but I'm going to walk in the Word of God because I do believe Jesus. I do believe His Word, and I'm going to start proving to Him that I do believe what He said, and it's going to be obvious. I need you to stand, if you will, because it's not God's will that anybody here, anybody here goes to hell. I want you to listen to one verse. Before you leave, I want every person here, I want you to listen to Proverbs chapter 15. The way, I want you, can we, can we do this? Do we have Proverbs 15? I want you to read this with me. The way of life winds upward for the wise that he may turn away from hell below. So I want to tell you before we pray, before you move, before we do anything, let me tell you the way of life for the wise is right here. You're not going to bluff God on judgment day, friend. If you take your last breath in the next few minutes, don't want it to happen. But if you do take your last breath in the next few minutes and you find yourself immediately in hell, that's, the, that's it. You can't go to the altar then. You can't make a promise to God then. You can't say, well, I really believe it now. Yeah, you'll believe it all right, but it'll be too late to do anything about it. You can't send uh, room service for a cup of water. You can't send to go have somebody else to not make it. Now is when we are to be salt and light. We're to believe it so much that we let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Today is when you want to do something about your family. Today is when you want to do something about your classmate. Today is the day you want to do something about your neighbor or your parents. You need to understand this. Now it's not only not on my watch, now it's on your dime and it's on your watch and it's been put out there to you today and you can take it and you can go discuss it with another Christian if you want to. You can run it by another preacher. Makes no difference for me but it won't go nowhere. You're accountable for what God said in this pulpit today and I don't want you to go to hell. I want to be clear about that. But you've got to know, we will, we will buy ice and try to sell it to an Eskimo, and we've proven that over the past year. Look, it don't take much to bluff us and fool us, and I'm telling you, we're living in a dangerous time, and the church has got to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves if you want to avoid hell. So this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. The Bible says this. 
work out your own salvation with fear. I know I just said this. And trembling. Work out your own salvation. But the Bible also says this. Be sure. Your sins will find you out. The Bible also says this. You reap what you sow. Do you know God will not send one person to hell? Tired of all that uh, new age talk? If he's a loving God, what? you better put that up. If God did not love you, he would not have allowed his son to go to a cross and be tortured 2,000 years ago for you. So don't you try to pin anything but the love of God on God. God had to watch a painful thing play out so you didn't have to, so your sins wouldn't send you to hell. So today I'm telling everybody here, I don't even know if anybody's online anymore, to be honest with you. Uh, they might have went to have a good day kind of preaching. I don't know. But I'm telling you this. Or, hey, what's your Memorial Day plans? I, 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 look, people are dying, and I don't want people to go to hell. Do y'all understand there's two destinations? Okay, then we need to know. We reap what we sow. That means it every kind of way. But in the end, if you go to hell or your family goes to hell or somebody you know that you were close by, you could have had an impact, influence on, goes to hell, it's because they sowed that. They were happy with 90% of a an acquaintance. God has not thrown anybody. Do you know the only person God will actually throw in hell is the devil, Satan, Lucifer. God's going to throw his rump in, in, in hell. He is. He's going to throw him in hell. So today, this is what I feel led for us to do. And this is what we're going to have to do first of all. Because you know, I've been, I've been, I've been really, really uh, just going hard about our flesh. And we've done everything to save our flesh for well over a year and a half. Now I want you to do something about your soul. Are, are, are you willing to not allow your flesh to be embarrassed right now? Wor worried about what somebody in this church thinks? Really? I mean, seriously. We ain't nothing here, y'all. Ain't none of us got nothing to write home about. Amen. A to the men. We ain't nothing. Look, every person in here is depending on God for your next breath. Your next harvest. We, we, we don't bring anything to the table. So don't let your flesh strip you blind and naked right now. Don't, don't you work. There's nobody in this church but you and the Spirit of God right now. Nobody else in this church. Nobody. Not a single person. Now, if you are really serious about, I'm going to call it soul searching, then what I want you to do before you move at all, I want, I want you to think about that 10%. And I want you to think, really, seriously, that 10% that I've always given, protected and explained or justified, am I really serious and willing to let that send me to hell? Because I'm telling you, you better rethink things according to that book right there. I don't think Jesus would have used that explicit of a story of a man in hell I don't think he would have given uh, the, the story of the rich young ruler if he wasn't serious. Because Jesus could have said, well, if, if I tell them this guy who actually was doing 90%, then they might feel it's impossible to follow me, so I better leave that one out. No, sir. He's a serious God. He's a holy God. I can do all things through Christ, which, which gives me the strength. So before you move, you know what your 90% is. Your 90, part, I mean your 
Your 10% may have been, well, I'm good with lying. Now, I don't call it lying, but I'm good with, like, you know, listen, lying is not a race. People treat lying like it's a race. It's just a little white lie. All lies, I don't care how you color them. I don't care how you colored them. All lies will most definitely send you to hell. In fact, the Bible says all liars, even the acquainted liars, will have their part in the lake of fire. So now that you've maybe thought about 10%, it doesn't matter what it is, animosity, uh, I, I don't know. There's many things in that bracket. It's not just money. There's all kinds of things. And you want to do something. You want to make sure you don't turn a deaf ear to what this Bible said today. I don't want you to do this like it's a remote control. I want you to physically move. If you believe what Jesus said, I want you to move somewhere in this church. Even if it's just in the aisle, I want you to move down to this altar because we got, like you've been moving for the past year and a half and you've ran everywhere to make sure everything's done, I want you to do that today concerning your soul. You pray. I would just pray like it's the first time. Because you know what? It very well really could be the first time at a hundred percent. Don't let the devil tell you what you can't do right now. You need to be focused on what you can do. And you can believe in Jesus. Or you can't believe in him. You, you can just not believe in him. You're online, I'm talking to you. If you're not operating machinery or a vehicle, you need to be searching your heart right now. We didn't play scary videos or do a scary song or nothing like that. Father God, we pray to you who loves us enough to allow your son to pay a price so that we would not have to live captive. Lord, and I ask you in the name of Jesus to help me to know that hell is a real place. And God, you take sin very serious, Lord. You take salvation very serious. So God, I repent of everything in my life, God. I don't rest or relax in being acquainted with you. I want to know you and the power of your resurrection, Lord. 
God, in the name of Jesus, I do, Lord. I lift up every person here, every family here, every child, every student. God, every neighbor, every co-worker, every classmate, I lift them up in the name of Jesus, God. Because, Lord, we can do this if we believe in you and your word. So, God, I'm praying for supernatural boldness. I pray, in Lord, for discernment. I pray for wisdom. I pray that the power of the Holy Ghost would be poured out among every person, upon every person, Lord. I pray that we would give you unrestricted access to every facet of our life. Lord, we do not want to play with this decision, Father. And people have made it clear by responding, not to me, but to your word today, Lord. You didn't beat around the bush 54 times when you brought it up in your word. It's got to be important if you use the word 54 times, God. If I need to repent 50 more times, Lord, I will repent 54 times, God, or 5,400 times. It makes no difference to me. I just don't want to go to hell. And it's not your intention that I go to hell. So God, we surrender to you today. And we run to you, oh Father. We do. If you're not a believer and you're in the building or you're online, please say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I recognize I have to be washed by your blood. I do believe, Jesus, you were born of the Virgin Mary, conceived by the Holy Spirit of God, and you were born to die on a cross to save me from my sins. You were resurrected, and now you are in heaven, and you're waiting on signal from the Father to call me and my brothers and sisters home. I believe that, Lord, and I receive that today. And I will live by what you have said in your word, regardless of the cost, regardless of how man calls it a sacrifice. Lord, I live wholeheartedly, unapologetically, Lord, for you. And I give you all my sin and all my shame right now in this church service. I give it to you, Jesus, and I know that according to your word, you will write my name down in the Lamb's book of life. Father, I bless you today. I bless you. I bless you, O oh Lord. I bless you, Father. I thank you for what you have done in my life with this word today, God how I have become more aware, not as even a pastor, but as a Christian, Lord. I don't want to be an acquaintance. I don't want to be acquainted. I want to know you, Lord. Hallelujah. I want to know you. I want to know every part of you, Lord. I want to identify with you, Lord. I want to live for you, Lord. I don't want to try to see how close I can come to sin. I want to get as far away from sin as I can, Lord. God, I want to fill this temple, Lord, with things that glorify you, Lord. I denounce everything in my life or my possession that does not represent you, Lord, and it actually pulls me from you, Lord. I remove that, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we give it to you. Let your word be sealed today by the Holy Spirit, Lord, in our lives. Help us to never escape what you've implanted in us today, oh God. And I pray you let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart that they're acceptable, Lord, in your sight because one day you're going to reveal those things to me.